Hey everyone and welcome to the Uncorked Corner podcast. Today we are here with Chris from Coffee Hounds. My name is Bianca. I'm your co-host, a PR and marketing professional by day and food and wine connoisseur by night. And I'm Nick. I'm the other co-host. I'm an accountant with a passion for barbecue, beer, whiskey, and today we're going to be talking coffee. So Chris, whenever you are ready, let's kick it off and we'll have you give us an intro on your background and how you got into the coffee game. Hi, I'm Chris Keegan. I'm the uh, the veteran founded side of uh, Coffee Hound Coffee Company with my partner, Jennifer Literal, who's the president of the company. And actually, it's a woman owned company. So uh, 51% goes to her and the other 49% dancing monkey on my side. So what made you want to get into coffee? Where was the inspiration there? Actually, the, it's a funny story. Um, started back in uh, 1998. Uh, I was in the U.S. Army and I was stationed in the Sinai Peninsula uh, working with the MFO, which is the Multinational Force and Observers. And I became really good friends with the head cook on the Italian Navy frigate. And the barista, believe it or not, there is a position in the, the Italian Navy that is barista. Why couldn't I have gotten that lucky in the Army? Um, <laughs> And he was on leave and there were some dignitaries in uh, one major dignitary at the time from the state of Maine and uh, the head cook needed someone to the barista. I had never touched a machine. I was scared to death of these little espresso machines. And um, I said, sure. And so I ended up making about 250 shots of espresso in about two hours. So I really got to learn how to grind the grind the coffee right and make it. And I think it was just that that instant enjoyment that you saw somebody when they took a a, a shot of good espresso. It, it was something like I got to figure out how to to do this. And then uh, I visited a couple other places around the world that had coffee shops, and I always noticed this older guy sitting in the corner, and all he did was drink coffee and talk to people. Well, I ended up finding out he's the owner and that's what I really wanted. I wanted to meet people from around the world. I wanted to share that common experience. You know, there's experiences in life that you have over whiskey. There's experiences in life that you have over wine, but everything is done in a coffee shop. You know, everything from the next great business idea to, hey, let's start a podcast and call it Uncorked. You know, I mean, that could have happened over whiskey or it could have happened over wine, <laughs> but I bet you anything you had a couple coffee trips. I know in, uh, in there. we're definitely fueled by coffee and that's, that's right. probably what keeps us going. So yeah. matter of fact, I just packaged up your stuff and it's, it should be shipping out to you guys. So. Awesome. We're excited to try it. And one thing I'm super stoked to try is those pour over coffees. Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about those in a you know, is that a completely original idea or is that something you saw somewhere that you wanted to kind of adapt to say, oh, we got to put our coffee in this method? Right. You know, I wish I could say that we're so far on the cutting edge of coffee that we were the ones that lead this. We're definitely one of the first ones to actually start advertising and bringing this to fruition and into market um, in, in Maine, uh, in, in the Northeast region. Uh, it was funny. I gave one of those away to a friend of mine that came over from Germany. He works at a, a bio lab doing uh, COVID research and other researches and stuff. And I dropped off a box at his house and I had a little box of the things. 
uh, the pour overs. And he actually showed me in the window from a coffee shop in Hanover, Germany, that had their own package of it as well. And, and that's really cool. It just takes the idea of doing a pour over seven to 10 minutes worth of actually prepping the coffee and pouring the water in and soaking it and letting it set isn't very user friendly on the go. And when we found the opportunity to be able to make these with our coffee packaged into our boxes and be able to get those out, it was a no brainer for us. We, we really like good coffee and, and, and we want to bring that coffee out to as many people as possible. If you're hiking in Acadia, if you're climbing in Baxter, if you're foot hoofing it around Portland and don't want to go wait in line at, at one of the other coffee shops that are there, you can take these with you. All you need is hot water and, and you're able to pull it out of your pack and put it in there. And, and it actually keeps you loyal to, you know, the company that's actually making those that you enjoy that coffee. You can take it anywhere with you. And Imagine that's awesome. being on an airline, you know, and you, you're stuck buying this can of coffee product that was produced in some foreign country brought over, but slap a label on it. And you pay seven bucks for that. Imagine pulling that out and just say, Nope, I need a glass of hot water. And that way you can actually enjoy your, your coffee. Yeah. And that's definitely another great way. Um, when it comes to the hot water, uh, what do you recommend? Is there a certain, do you, you know, suggest, Oh, it has to be at least this hot, you know, is there a certain degree or just, you know, whatever you got that's hot enough to steam it up and right. There are a lot of factions out there that are going to tell you, you have to boil it at this. And then you have to reboil it while you're doing it. And the great thing about that pour over is that, you know, a lot of people don't understand and a lot of people are learning over time. And I luckily get to help teach people in this. There are different coffees you drink at different temperatures. If you can drink a medium roast at a lower temperature, do you realize, and Bianca, I think you're going to like this aspect, you can taste the black cherry currant, you can taste the cedar, you can taste the chocolate, you can taste the lemon, you can have some lemongrass, you can have crushed graham cracker. How, who knew that, that was a taste in coffee? <laughs> but if you drink these coffees at different temperatures, you can get different flavor, uh, flavor profiles out of them. And the great thing about pour over coffee is you can adapt it on how you like it. You can actually control the temperature of the coffee. By the time you're done brewing that pour over, you can be drinking and enjoying that coffee on your way out the door, or, you know, you can actually control where your flavor notes are. And that's probably one of the biggest keys to, to pour over is that you can really get into a world that you never knew was there. Is that something you're getting into, you know, putting all your different roasts in there? Or do you right now only have specific ones? That we you... have two roasts in this right now. We have our area code 207 dark roast, and that's a blended roast. And we have another blended roast, which is our Bar Harbor medium. And, and it has the longitude latitude on the, on the, uh, the bag, but uh, I can't remember it right off the top of my head. It's actually the Bar Harbor roast, the medium roast is our old front doorstep of our coffee shop in Bar Harbor. We took a, a longitude latitude reading at that step and that's why we named it that Bar Harbor medium roast. Those are the only two we have right now. Uh, as popularity gains, as popularity drives, we should be adding some more of that. We do, we're actually starting to add more in our pod, our K-pods that we pack and, and produce for ourselves. Um, and the, the, uh, the pour over is just gonna catch up. 
And it's funny it, because go ahead, Bianca. Nick and I are going to get in a battle today. I think <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. It's, <laughs> it's funny because I've seen in the wine community, especially, and you kind of called that out. Uh, I love 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 coffee i always have before i could even drink wine i was drinking coffee so i have kind of just always had an appreciation for it but i've noticed a lot in the wine community that that is a trend that a lot of wine drinkers love coffee and i think it's because of the complex flavor notes that you get in both and actually recently i think nick and i are both trying this anyway we've convinced most of our family members to start converting back to uh doing pour over coffee doing french press doing you know, just supporting local coffee, one, but two, also making your coffee without, you know, putting a pod in the, in the K-cup and it's just, it doesn't have the same amount of flavor. So you can't control the flavor that you have when you use one of those instant machines. And I think Nick and I have been slowly but surely trying to convert everybody to going back to making their own coffee because it makes such a big difference. Well, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, making your own, freshly grinding it before you make it, uh, doing the pour over by being able to sample, you know, a, a beautiful Guatemalan light roast, you know, a single origin light roast from Guatemala. You know, you drink that at 198 degrees and you're like, oh, wow. Oh, gosh, that's like a penny, right? <laughs> penny. Oh, my God. But you drink it at 160 and you're like, oh, wow, there's a lemon note to that. There's a cherry follow. It's creamy. So, so you're absolutely right. But I am going to say, I agree with you for the most part about pods. I wanted to stay away from them. <laughs> I know no pods. Know. We're not going to do it. <laughs> but because of the co-packer that we have, they can put more grinds in the pod. And putting more grinds in the pod brings you back to what you said, Bianca, that fuller flavor of coffee, right? So now you don't have to put two pods into the Keurig to make one cup. You can use one pod from Coffee Hound and have a quality cup of coffee. So you're right. doing it a little different to make We're it. We're doing so that, it a little bit different. Yeah. That's right. So it's like a it's like that freshly brewed cup, but it's easier and it's you're you're doing it different than everybody else. So you're getting that stronger flavor, which is awesome because I haven't obviously tried your pods yet, but um. You definitely don't get that with everybody. So I think that's that's incredible that you're able to do that. Yeah. And that's another thing about the pour over too, Nick, is that we're able to control the amount of coffee going into that. So we can actually create uh, the enjoyment level higher. Um, you know, so. Since I've started experimenting too with the pour over and the French press and espresso makers and all the other you know manual ways of making coffee outside, I'm actually such a nerd that in college, I always use the drip coffee maker and I was kind of the one that lead, led our family and said, no, you got to do it this way. It's, yeah, yeah. it's much better coffee. And I would keep a spreadsheet and I was, all right, I use this much grind, this much oh, water. Wow. And nice. I kind of had it dialed in. So I know, all right, this is what I need to do to have, you know, my perfect cup of coffee every morning. But Well, you know what they call that, right? It is something that we're all in search of. It's called the cup of paradise. It never happens. <laughs> Everybody looks for that cup. We just never can obtain it because the grind's a little different or the bean is a, a, a similar bean, but from a different region. So it has a different flavor characteristic. So, so we're all looking for that cup of paradise and we're trying to, um, you know, have a quality um, coffee experience that can be had by the most discerning taste and also by the taste that's just leaving 
behind the brick and mortar that most people drive through every day. And that's um, one thing that I noticed too. So when I was doing that, it was all drip. So I found like, you know what, this is the roast I like. I always search for the same thing. And I found that there was some, you know, regions of the world that I was kind of like, you know what, every time I try one of these, I don't really like it. But that's because it was, you know, the way that I was making it. Now that I've gotten to experience more, like you're saying, with the temperatures of water, with, you know, the different amount of beans, with the different method, doing pour over, for example, instead, maybe using that and making a lighter roast coffee, you're getting a lot more of those flavors and those complexities. Like you said, it doesn't taste like a penny. It doesn't taste like dirt. You know, now you're tasting those flower notes and everything that everyone's talking about, like, oh, this is a delicious cup of coffee. So being able to experiment with those makes a huge difference. And everyone, if you're listening, should do it if you haven't done so already. Right. Everybody should become a snob. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I also don't particularly believe it there. Even if you could make the, you know, cup of paradise, I don't think our taste is always the same. Like for me, it's some days I want something stronger. Some days I want something really light. Sometimes I want some flavor in my coffee. It's like, there is no such thing as a perfect cup. So you could brew it every time the same way. And that might be perfect one day, but then the next day you want something different. And it's the same with, you know, spirits. It's the same with food. It's like one day you want something to be spicier and one day you don't. So it's like, there's never a really perfect way to make anything, but as long as you have the perfect base, I think that that's, you know, you can then take that base and make it the way you want it that day. Right on. I mean, why do you think everybody that um, has a wine collection has a variant of wines from different regions, different styles, different, you know, everything. And, and, and realistically, coffee is grown only in one section of the world and it's right along the equator. There's only one region in the United States that you can grow coffee. Okay, there's two, but the second region hasn't hit the market yet and we're still waiting to see if it's viable crop size is worthwhile. So you have to go all the way to Hawaii to find American grown coffee. Um, You know, I mean, I think it's more romantic to go the other way and go to the Caribbean, maybe go to a couple islands, maybe travel into Africa and Yemen and, and, you know, travel Indonesia, Cambodia, Vietnam. Vietnam has an incredible coffee culture coming up right now. Indonesia is phenomenal. Uh, Thailand even actually has a region in there that they're really starting to see that these Western businessmen have come in and actually helped cultivate out one type of crop. And now they're growing coffee because it's valuable and they've got good resources for the earth and the water and the minerals that are in the ground to grow the crops and be able to have more than one cultivation each year. And that's something that I will definitely have to get to try out to and mention Hawaii. So I, you're talking like a Kona coffee, like a pure sure. Kona. That's something that I haven't gotten to try it. And I definitely want to get my hands. on. I know it's, you know, dollars per pound. You're talking a lot of money to get a true Kona coffee. So that's probably what's stopping most people, but and don't be misled when you buy Kona coffee. If you find a pound of Kona coffee for twelve ninety nine, um, just put it back on the shelf yeah. and walk away because it's that's a robusta bean with maybe ten percent Kona in it, and that's where you know. And yeah, that's worth ten ninety nine or twelve ninety nine for that. Um, you know, it, it's if yeah. 
I don't I don't roast any Kona right now. We're and we're not even doing a specialty buy right now on it. Uh, our first specialty buy probably will be Jamaican Blue, um, and I mean, be prepared to to pay upwards one hundred and thirty five dollars a pound, uh, you know, twelve ounce bag for that. Yeah, hey, coffee definitely gets up there. Now, one thing I want to jump back to that you mentioned, you know, back in your time uh, with those espresso machines is that's something Bianca and I haven't really dove into. And when you go to a coffee shop with a barista or someone that really knows what they're doing, you can get, you know, a completely different product, you know, out of one of those pressurized espresso machines. Uh, so where would you recommend, let's say you want to be able to have that at home. Is there anywhere that you would suggest people go? So uh, yeah, this is the type of machine you should get. Uh, brand well, you or can no call brand, me. You, you can call me. Um, I sell, uh, I'm a, a licensed technician and uh, distributor for Ranchilio. That's what we use in our shops. That's what we use in our licensed locations. Um, and it's what I sell to people that want to come in. They have a fantastic uh, in at home version and it's called the Ranchilio Silvia Pro. Not the Ranchilio Silvia. Good machine for home but the pro is really nice. It has a pick system and actually you can maneuver and manipulate the temperature up and down for the head. Uh, and it also has a second boiler for in home. In home usually is make the espresso, stop, steam the milk and hope that the milk heats up the espresso <laughs> back up, you know? Um, but Sylvia Pro is a, a double boil system. Uh, you know, you're, you're paying 20, 2100 bucks for it at home so if you're that into coffee it's perfect for you if you're not that into coffee um you know braville braville has a and and i'm gonna give you a little hint the sylvia pro is coming to my house it hasn't arrived yet but what i'm about to mention has been in my house for probably about four years and it's done great uh, a company called breville uh, or Braville or however people want to say it, go to um, that uh, bed, bath and whatever company, um, walk around the corner to the beyond area. And that's where their coffee is. Uh, coffee machines are, and there's an in, in uh, machine grinder and it's, and it's a, it's a burr grinder. They use a 45 mil burr grinder in it. It grinds it on demand. Then you either steep or, you, you know, you pull your dose or you, you uh, um, steam your milk. And, and quite honestly, I'm going to tell you, don't even use their steamer. Buy a frother for 19 bucks off of some inner interwebs company that ships pretty quickly. Um, you know, those, those espresso frothers that are on there, they heat the milk, they froth really well. And matter of fact, I'm pouring latte art out of my Breville at home due to the fact that, you know, you play with the grinder and you get your fines right and, and, and keep it clean and, and that, but I've had that at the house for about four years. Um, and I just got to the point where I'm buying the Sylvia pro for, for our house. Yeah. Well, that's pretty exciting. It's always fun to have that new, uh, nicer machine. So I'm yeah. sure we can't wait to hear more about that. Latte art at home. Sounds like something I wish I could do, but that I can't. Oh, you can't. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I, I tell you, we could do another Zoom. I could take about 10 minutes talking you through the the uh, the frothing method of it, and we'll get you drawing hearts and, 
and you'll call me about a month later saying, oh my God, I got my first <laughs> swan, but I've gone through 17 gallons of milk. I don't know what's going on, but you know, that's how it that sounds goes. like something we'll probably take you up on. Cause I would love to learn how to do say, that. We're going to hold you to that. We're going to do a <laughs> sure. live uh, latte art class. Okay. Well, we are doing something really cool in February, and I know this will probably come out later on, but uh, if you check us out on our Facebook or on our Instagrams, uh, uh, at uh, Coffee Hounds is our Instagram, and Coffee Hound uh, Coffee Co. is our Facebook, um, we actually have a class coming up in February that you can sign up for this adult ed course from uh the Ellsworth School Department, um, but we're doing a, a, a live tour of our roastery and you'll start, you'll be able to walk through our roastery. Uh, you'll meet Drogo, um, our patron saint of coffee, which is our roaster. Uh, we're gonna roast, we're gonna do a cupping class and a tasting class. And Jen, my uh, better half that I've mentioned before, um, she actually does a, a talk and we've done this at, at the SCA show, which is the uh, Specialty Coffee Association. She was invited to speak there and it's the history of the world through coffee houses. It's a cool tour about, like I said before, everything is started in coffee shops, you know, everything from, I mean, hell, I, sorry, uh, Benjamin Franklin used to get his mail delivered at a coffee shop because he was there so much. He only needed, but he only, you only can use 60 beans per cup that you make me. I mean, it was specific. This is, <laughs> this is it's like ordering Lafroix scotch. Which one do you want? Well, I want the one that tastes like I kiss a mermaid after barbecue, that heavy peated, you know, type of thing. So. Uh, and this one for anyone listening right now, we're actually going to be releasing it January 12th. So okay. keep an eye out. And if you're local, I know I'm local to Maine. So I'm probably going to be looking as if I'm available, I'll be there. Um, yeah, absolutely. We'd love to have you here. We, we were going to do it as a Valentine's Day thing and have couples in and do a whole talk and do the whole tour and you get to walk home with your coffee that you roasted. Uh, but, you know, we have these strange times where, uh, you know, we're not meeting at a coffee shop to do this show. We're actually meeting virtually. Yeah, that's incredible. And it's it's awesome that you're able to still do that kind of stuff. And, you know, I think we all need a little uh, something new for lately. And I think coffee is one of those areas that you don't see a lot of. I don't, I mean, from my opinion anyway, a lot of interesting like events in or any sort of like fun experiences. I mean, occasionally I'll see them pop up, but unlike wine and uh, other spirits, I feel like coffee is definitely an area that can use a lot more of that experiential type stuff so that sounds like something that we would both love to do well i think one of the reasons why you see that right now bianca is the fact that you usually don't want to talk to anybody until you've had at least two cups of coffee so so having <laughs> that fun aspect you know i i think it's going to be fun we're going to be able to roast we'll start it from green uh, we'll go over the beans we'll go over a tasting and cupping so that we can actually pull out those flavor notes and try to teach people those and you get to see the, the machine in action and and be able to hear some really cool stuff about coffee and different regions of the world and, and where it was and you know why coffee was the you know here's a here's a uh, um, uh, what do you call those thumbnails uh, you know you know for the longest time coffee was actually the drink of the heathens and uh, there's something that happened with a catholic pope back in the day and next thing you know it's baptized and everybody can have coffee now so 
Well, thank, thankfully that happened because I don't know where I would be. Right. <laughs> thank you, Pope Benedict. Yeah, we'd all be twenty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So one last thing that I want to ask you too, before we sure. get out of here is when it comes to regions, is there any region that excites you the most or that you would have to have kind of your daily cup if you could only pick one? Um, I'm sure Ooh. obviously you roast a ton and you know, you like stuff from South America. Oh stuff. gosh, come on, man. There's, I have to pick one region. I pick mean, one. Oh, if I was to have one cup of coffee a day and I could only have from that region, I can't do it. There's no, there's, I mean, there's a breakfast coffee, there's an afternoon coffee, there's a dinner coffee, uh, you know, the fallacy behind, oh, I can't have espresso after five, I'll never get to sleep, is so wrong. It has the least amount of caffeine of all the coffees. The darker the roast, the least amount of caffeine. Ah, wow, killing me. Um, Espresso for dessert is a is a must in this. It's house. a must. I love it. I always have it for dessert. <laughs> you, it's only fifty minutes worth of lift. There's only eighty milligrams of caffeine in a shot of espresso. Uh, drink a light roast. Oh, the the old guy that's at the table next to you and like, oh, I I, I can only have light roast um, uh, with after dinner and just laugh because there's 360 to 400 mils of caffeine in that. That guy's not sleeping until four in the morning. Um, I'd have to be an Indo, you know, something I can roast dark, something I can roast medium. It's, I stay away from light roast because I want that heavier, bolder flavor. Uh, although I will say the golden road is 360 milligrams of caffeine and I will put that in a pod first thing when I walk in this roastery in the morning and I'm awake it wake you up slap the rooster right off the barn for you I mean it's really <laughs> the golden road is our light roast and it's it's fantastic golden road is the golden child a golden road well no I mean area code 207 <laughs> definitely is the feature or the Norumbega espresso is the feature um, especially if you sneak into Sunday River, go up to the Jordan Grant, uh, Jordan Hotel, to the new Coffee Hound at Northern Lights, um, that Norumbega is, is it's it's the espresso that you want. Um, I you know what I really I can't tell you which one's the best of my coffee because they just it, they're so different and they and they really really are exciting to be able to drink all of those, um, but. You know, area code 207, Norumbega, that's where I, I live. I live in that dark roast. Yeah. The beauty is that you don't have to pick one. I know on my little uh, <laughs> coffee, next to my coffee machine, we got a little rack. And I, if I had to guess, I probably have 30 pounds of coffee over there right now. You're right. All different ones. Yeah. And we just, you know, you bounce around. It depends on, like Bianca said, what you're feeling. Sometimes I want to have, like, shout out to, like, Night Shift's Coffee. We've had them before, Juice Pop. Like, sure. I don't typically like a fruity coffee, but every now and again, I want one that tastes, you know, it's got that cream. It's got that orange. Sometimes sure. I want it to be more chocolatey. Sometimes I just want a bold, dark coffee. Uh, we got yep. espresso roast, decaf. We got everything. So, yep. you know, it really depends. Well, I like the fact that you guys, um, you know, you guys both uh, uh, are actually knowing how to explore coffee. Um, you know, I've talked to a few other people and they're like, really? I Really? And I have to prove it to them like, oh, let's do this. And I don't know if it's a ploy that they just want free coffee out of it or, or if it's actually opening their eyes, you know, and, and, and moving forward. Um, you know, my grandfather started me at coffee when I was way young and, 
and you know you're out doing some heater hunting for up in northern Maine and and he hands you a thermos and says uh it's black and that's the only way to drink it of course you know it, and it was chock full of nuts or something like that you know uh which <laughs> you know god bless him for trying but you know uh i'd like this i'd love to have him around now and and actually get him to experience what coffee should be so. well you can do that for everybody else you meet so that's that's the plus side and nick and i i know with the podcast and we've always been interested but it has definitely forced us outside of our comfort zone with a lot of that stuff and we just have such so much fun trying new things and we can't wait to try coffee hands at home and make it a few different ways and see how it comes out um, yeah. And we'll definitely be sharing that. So everyone will be seeing it on our Instagram, but <laughs> we fantastic. thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And we are definitely looking forward to hopefully experiencing the Coffee Hands experience. I, awesome, I would man. love to see the roastery. Well, and actually, yeah, I'd love to have you guys up and we could do a whole nother kind of set down, um, you know, coffee uh, uh, conversation in here and, and be able to see what's going on. I mean, we're going through a little bit of a growth spurt right now where we're adding on another 2,100 square feet to our roastery. So this is actually going to be really weird that this is where the wall is, but everything else is done so far away from this area. So. And we're going to get to Sunday River this year too for some skiing and we're going to hit that new uh, coffee hounds joint. So Definitely. Well, that, that's awesome. And, and you know, uh, fortunately and unfortunately, fortunately, uh, uh, that it's going to be up and running and it's opening this Thursday, actually, if you're at Sunday River uh, at the Jordan, uh, the co Coffee Hound at the Northern Lights is there. Uh, I Please let me know when you guys go up so that I can either at least call forward and let people know uh, or be there myself and that way you guys can hang out. So, you know, luckily it's a licensed facility now. So Sunday River controls and runs it for us, which is great. And we, we spent over five years there building that relationship and they finally took it over and, and it allows us to expand this and be able to do this with you guys and, uh, you know, be able to roast coffee and, and be able to get going here. Yeah, and we're, we, you already plugged your social, but we'll just have you remind everybody one more time, where can we find you online and on social media? And for everybody who's listening, we will also put the links in the show notes. Awesome. Uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, it's www.coffeehoundcoffeeco.com. That's our interwebs and you can buy coffee right through there and we'll ship it right to you. Uh, you can feature, get us at uh, the Coffee Hound Coffee Co on Facebook and Coffee Hounds on Instagram. There's more to come, there's more to be able to say. And I will ask you guys, since I did this with you and I'm thankful for it and we love having you that, uh, I'll be in touch with you guys about catching up with us uh, or with me uh, later this month, beginning of next month for a uh, new radio show that's coming out. We'll be oh, there. That sounds exciting. Count us definitely in. Definitely be there. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you again. Thank you so much. Cheers. 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 Have a wonderful night, guys. Bye. Be sure to follow us on social at Uncorked Corner and on the blog at uncorkedcorner.com for a taste of more food and beverage content. And if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave a comment, subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Thanks for listening. Thanks.